We saw in the first chapter how the Apostle Paul was thanking God for these wonderful believers in the church in Thessalonica or Thessaloniki, despite of the turmoil, despite of the persecution, despite of the suffering, they were faithful to God. They had persevering faith. But what happened after Paul left the town? As always in every place, always, <laughs> these false teachers came into the church, and they began to preach deception, deception, falsehood. These false teachers, these false preachers, were so wicked, they were so evil, <laughs> that they actually, to the point of forgery, forgery, they produced some false letters, supposedly came from the Apostle Paul, and these false letters were supposed to be saying to them, the return of Christ has taken place already. It's already happened. It's already happened. I want you to put yourself in their place, right? Just put yourself in their place. Here you are, enduring persecution and enduring suffering with faith and perseverance, and you are expecting the return of Christ for the day of your reward, and you're living faithfully to the Lord, expecting His return any time. And they were told, it's already happened. You missed out on it. (laughs) I want to tell you, every generation, every generation, from the time of Jesus, every generation must live with the expectancy of the return of Christ in their time. Every generation. Bible teaches that. John Wesley used to say, I'm on my knees and I pray and I live as if Christ coming back today but I plan as if he's not coming back for a hundred years. You see, and that's why Paul immediately reaches for his pen to expose these false teachers with the truth. And in doing so, he gives us some of the great teaching on the second coming of Christ. Turn to Second Thessalonians chapter 2. The first thing Paul wanted to do here is to reassure these wonderful believers that the parousia, Say that with me. The parousia. parousia. That's the Greek word for the return of Christ. That the parousia, or the second coming of Christ, has not yet taken place. Paul counted falsehood with the truth. Beloved, always, always counter falsehood with the truth. So he tells them and us that the day had not come, and it will not come, until the rebellion occurs. I'm going to explain that. Rebellion occurs. And the man of lawlessness, the man doomed to destruction. You know that only two people in the Bible were doomed to destruction? The Antichrist and Judas Iscariot. They were doomed to destruction because they rejected the truth. The NIV says, of course, the rebellion. The rebellion. That's an, the rebellion. It's known, in other words, as global apostasy. You say, what's apostasy? Is when people who were supposedly be in churches turn their back on the truth of the gospel. That's what apostasy is. He is talking about this rejection of biblical truth by people in the church. The people who may have pretended that they are believers in Christ— but then they turn their back on the truth of the gospel. And that's right. The non-believers, they don't know the truth. They haven't accepted the truth. 
They don't turn their back on something they have never accepted. They don't turn their back on something they've never really been part of. So he's speaking to people in the church who will turn their back on the truth of the gospel, and we're seeing it every single day. I told you in the last message that this false teaching that's permeating the church, all churches of all denominations, in fact, 70%, if you add the Catholics and the Protestants and everybody together, 70% of them say, Jesus may be my Savior, but He's not the Savior of the world. I told you that, but there's 64% within so-called evangelical churches. This is the preparation of the world for the coming and the rule of the Antichrist. This is paving the ground, preparing the ground for the coming of the Antichrist. Paul is not making this stuff up. He's learned it from Scripture. Always interpret the Scripture with the Scripture. And so, we read about this man of lawlessness, or lawless one, from Daniel chapter 9, and from our Lord Jesus Christ's own lips in Matthew 24. Both Daniel's prophecy and our Lord Jesus Christ's teaching, 700 years apart, saying the same thing about this character. Here's biblical truth. Listen carefully. There's always, always in the last 2,000 years have been evil leaders in the world. Always. There have been evil leaders everywhere. From the Herod who killed all those babies in Bethlehem, to the tyrants who ruled Rome, to Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin, Mao, and on and on and on and on. There are always evil leaders in the world. But when the long-prophesied Antichrist is revealed, he will surpass them all. He's not going to be a local person. He's going to be all over the world. He will be ruling the globe. The Antichrist, known by several names, the man of lawlessness, or the lawless one, or the man who's doomed to destruction, as I told you. In Revelation, John referred to him as the beast. In John's epistles, John says there are many antichrists, and think about this with antichrist with a small a. Here is the truth. Anyone, I don't care if they're in a pulpit or not, anyone, wherever they are, if they oppose the person of Christ, the work of Christ, the divinity of Christ, the uniqueness of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, the truth of Christ. That person is manifesting the spirit of the Antichrist. But the final Antichrist with a capital A is going to be Satan's ultimate creation. He will embody the worst characteristics of all these Antichrists with small a. Now, I don't want to leave you without emphasizing verse 3. Do not. Say it with me. Do not not let anyone deceive you in any way. In fact, the Greek is what they call double negative. Double negative meaning don't ever, 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 ever allow yourself to be deceived. It doesn't matter who it is. Why is that important? because the end times could be upon us without any warning, and we need to be spiritually prepared. Because being taken in by these scam artists, that's what they are, the scam artists, actually places your soul in jeopardy, because that seems like a small flaw, or what seems to be like a small flaw, could be enormous eternal consequences for you. 
Verse 5, don't you remember when I was with you, I used to tell you these things. You can see the, the tone of disappointment in the apostles' words. Nothing breaks the heart of a pastor. And somebody who sat under the Word of God for so many years, and they got taken in by false teachers. Nothing breaks the heart of a pastor more than that. Paul knew that many in the church, the believers, not the bride of Christ, not the elect of God, but many in the church are going to fall away from the faith immediately before the return of Christ. And when he speaks of falling away from the faith, he's referring to those who claim to be Christians, those who may have gone to Mass every Sunday, those who may attended churches every time the door is open. Yet the heart has not been regenerated. They have not been born again of the Spirit of God, and the Holy Spirit is not dwelling in them. They're the ones like Judas Iscariot who've heard the truth, known the truth. But like Judas Iscariot, they turn away from the truth when the heat is on. You and I know that this is the overthrowing of the truth that is happening today. You know, and I know, it's on the way already. There's not a week goes by without hearing of some preacher or some evangelist or some singer turning their back on the gospel. Now, I'm not saying—listen to me very carefully—I'm not saying that the great apostasy or the falling away is here. I'm not saying that, but I do believe it's already started. Paul draws a relationship between this falling away from the truth of the gospel and the Antichrist. There's a connection here in the construction of the sentence, and that is why I told you last message that all those people who are rejecting biblical truth are paving the way for the rule of the Antichrist to be revealed. You know how during COVID we watched with our own eyes capital cities, big cities, worldwide, absolutely empty. The streets were empty. People living in terror and fear and horror. We saw just a little glimpse of that. And we saw how authoritarianism in the West raised its ugly head. People got arrested in England, Australia, and every part of the world. Canada they arrested a pastor. Every time he goes and opens the church, they arrest him and put him in prison. But that's going to be child play in comparison to those who have rejected God's absolutes and follow the Antichrist. You will see people blindly obeying what the Antichrist will tell them to do. They will deny the moral laws and replace them with pride in sin. Preachers who have rejected God's plan for marriage and perverted will comply with the Antichrist. All these things are just preparation. The beginning of the appearance of the Antichrist, he will appear to be sympathetic with Christians, sympathetic with all religious people. Even they're going to pretend to be religious himself. In the beginning of his appearance, he will pretend to be very understanding, very compassionate. But then, as the world is ready, he will be free to show what he's really like. Then he will persecute faithful believers in earnest. The Antichrist will also desecrate the temple of the Holy Spirit. Question, who is the temple of the Holy Spirit? The believers. The believers are the temple where the Holy Spirit dwells, the true believers. How is the Antichrist going to desecrate the temple of the Holy Spirit? 
Ah, by demanding that they worship Him, and those who refuse will be put to death. But listen to me, I need to hasten to say, those of us who have placed our whole trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, we do not fear the Antichrist at all. We need to fear the Lord's return. Because Paul makes it very clear here, very clear, both in the construction of the sentence and even in the language itself, that the reign of the Antichrist is not going to last for very long. It's a very short period of time. He will just appear and start doing all these things, and what's going to happen? He's immediately, he's going to be smitten by the breath of the returning Jesus. Amen. Give God glory. We do not fear darkness because we are children of light. Look at verses 6 to 12. I'm only covering the first 12 verses. I'll cover the rest of it in the next message. In verse 6, he said, And now you know what is holding him back so that he may be revealed at the proper time. God's timing. God's timing. The second half of verse 7, But the one who's now holding it back will continue to do so until he's taken out of the way. I'm going to explain to you and hopefully illustrate what Paul is saying here. Growing up, I've never seen one of those, not even close, those lovable little dogs that you have at your house. (laughs) I've never seen one, okay? All that I knew are attack dogs who protected our property. These dogs were so vicious, they were so dangerous, they mauled a man in a few minutes. It's absolutely terrifying. My father was the only one who could get near them, and therefore he would get up early in the morning, and he would tie them up in chains so that people can come and go in the property. But nighttime, he sets them loose to go around. Remember how the Bible talks about Jesus coming as a thief in the night? And I've told you this before, that in the Middle East, back then, even now, thieves do not come in the daytime. Only at nighttime, when people are asleep, watching my father restraining these vicious attack dogs reminds me often of Second Thessalonians 2.7. For now, God is restraining evil the way my father restrained those vicious dogs. Listen to me. I don't blame you if you are a person who look around and see the horrors of what's going on, even in our own culture and around the world. All the stuff is taking place, and you wonder if evil really being restrained. Trust me, it is being restrained. If God is not actively holding back and holding down and suppressing Satan and his power, we would see nothing less than hell on earth. In verse 7, Paul speaks of this restraining power in the masculine gender, which suggests to me at least that this restraining power is a person, and there can only one person who can restrain Satan and his human puppet, the Antichrist, and that's God Himself. God Himself. Only God could say to Satan, you can come so far, but not any further. Only God could have said to him, test my child Job, but you cannot take his life. 
You can sift Peter as wheat, but you cannot destroy him. Meanwhile, Satan does not like it. He does not like being restrained. He does not like being pinned down by God's timetable. And Satan doesn't like being restrained by the sovereign authority of the power of God. He wants nothing more than to reveal his false Messiah so that he may usurp the glory of God. Don't ever forget. Right now, Jesus' foot is on Satan's neck. Right now, Jesus' foot is on Satan's neck. We see now clearly how satanic lawlessness operates in the world. We're seeing it now in government, in schools, in workplaces, and in some of our neighborhoods. We are seeing how the lying spirits infiltrating the media, infiltrating government, infiltrating big businesses with this big reset. Read about it. School curriculums want to destroy the minds of the children as young as kindergarten. Question, where does this inverted thinking, where does it come from? Because the power of lawlessness is already at work. Hasn't taken over yet. False religions of the gods of the environments are terrifying our children. And make no mistake about it, it is a religion. Verses 9 to 12. The Antichrist will perform miracles. How else will he deceive the non-discerning? How else? The demonic miracles will be believed by most people in the world. In Matthew 24, 24. And I'm going to read it carefully because I know I once quoted the Scripture and somebody misunderstood me completely. Jesus is saying that these miracles will look so real that it will deceive, if possible. Can you say it with me? Even the elect. Beloved, if we do not stand for the full truth of Christ, we will fall for the lie of the Antichrist. Those who are not anchored in Christ alone will fall for the magic tricks and the special effects of the Antichrist. Those who demand signs and wonders to believe and reject the cross of Christ will follow the Antichrist all the way to hell. Those who do not anchor their faith in the truth of the Word of God, the inerrant Word of God, will bet their eternal destruction on satanic deception. Finally, Paul said, verse 11, For this reason, what reason? For this reason of their refusing to love the truth, for this reason God sent them a spirit of delusion. Powerful spirit of delusion because they refuse to love the truth and be saved. I'm not saying that the Word of God said that. Some of you are saying, Oh, Michael, is that really fair? Is that fair? Shouldn't God give them another chance to believe the truth? My beloved friends, listen to me. God throughout the Scripture, you see it over and over and over again, always gives us more of what we want. He gives us more of what we want. The first four or five plagues on Egypt, it says, Pharaoh hardened his heart. Pharaoh hardened his heart. Pharaoh hardened his heart. God said, okay, I'm going to give you more of what you already asked for. I'm hardening your heart even further. 
Three times in Romans chapter 1, Paul said, God gave them over. God gave them over. God gave them over. Listen to me, please. Right now, God is providing everyone, everyone around the world, an opportunity to turn to Him so that He might soften our hearts and believe in Him. At this very moment, even as dark as some of us can see it, even as dark as it may look, and yet it is not nighttime yet, it's still daytime, a time when God is restraining Satan, a time when God is restraining the Antichrist, a time when God is restraining the onslaught of demonic evil, a time when God is restraining evil forces, just like my father would restrain these vicious dogs in the daytime. It's the daytime. It's morning. Night is coming. Night is coming. The time is coming, and it may be sooner than any of us think, when all of the restraints will be removed, when nighttime of history arrives, and it will be too late. There will be no escape from the coming night. The escape is now. The escape is today. The day of salvation is today. Don't postpone it, not even one hour. Now is the time of repentance. Now is the time of turning to the Lord. Now is the time when no one will be turned away by God. He promised so. Don't wait until it's nighttime. Don't wait for the man of lawlessness to be revealed. Thank you for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, Bible teacher on Leading the Way. Learn more about the global ministry of Dr. Youssef and Leading the Way by visiting ltw.org. That's ltw.org.